All right, you guys. This is a special episode, episode 10 uh, of our Football Firm Mind podcast. We are on our NFL stuff, man. We're breaking it down. Uh, this will be the last episode of the NFC preseason breakdown. Uh, it's a great, great division of the NFC East, man. Uh, used to be the NFC least about 10 years ago, uh, but now... The NFC East is uh, full of beasts, man. Uh, before we get into it, man, I was asked, how you doing? We're doing good, man. I'm ready to start breaking down the East. It's definitely a very interesting topic. Most definitely, most definitely. So we start off uh, our show with the standings last year. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll start with the Eagles, man. Obviously, they won. Um, and uh, obviously, Super Bowl uh, runner-up. But I know they're striving for more, obviously. Uh, I think they got their answer uh, to a couple questions going into uh, last season, man. Uh, last season, the question was, Jalen Hurts, man, is he our guy? Uh, I believe they answered that. He answered that. And then they answered mm-hmm. how much you want by how much they paid him. So uh, mm-hmm. I think he took he, – he, he did some great things last year. So my thing is, what is what do you think the next step is as we break this down? Uh, what's the next step for Jalen Hurts? Because he's he's got the money, he mm-hmm. played real well, and he's a starting quarterback. So what's the next step for him? I think it's kind of they're not the same player and they're not in the same boat, but I think it's kind of the the Joe Burrow situation where you've got a guy that you want to be a franchise guy. Your quarterback and your team puts everything together to make it to the Super Bowl where they have a legit chance to win the game. They just come up short. And uh, I think this year, obviously, like you said, Jalen Hurts got paid. I think he earned that money. But I think this year he's he needs to prove two things. It's can you perform to the same level you did last year and get them back there? And two is can you perform the same level and earn the money that we just paid you? Because that's a lot of money. Now they're obviously they've structured everything probably really good from what I've seen, but I think it's a, and they've had some key departures and additions as well, but can he put the pieces together and put, put the team on his back for another run? I mean, I think Philadelphia is definitely the favorite to come out of the NFC besides San Francisco, but uh, yeah, I think it's all going to ride with him. I think the Eagles defense is really good. Obviously they probably got the best offensive line in football. A really good weapon. And, I mean, Jalen Hurts, is just, he's continuing to develop at a really high rate. Obviously, he would if he's going to get paid like that. But, uh, yeah, I think it's all going to ride on him. I think he needs to prove that he's going to be able to play for that money. And he's going to have to prove that, hey, can we make it back to the Super Bowl or are we going to hit a roadblock or we're going to have to figure it out? Understandable, man. I, I All good points, man. All good points. That's, that's Like I said, that's why I asked the question, man, because I think – He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to take a next step, man. Like it's cool to be the NFL, you know, MVP runner up. Uh, it, it's cool to go to the Super Bowl and be the runner up. But um, I think he's in a good spot. Obviously, they paid him pretty well, so uh, he's good there. So what's like? What? How is he gonna grasp all of this? Because I think. One thing about being the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles is that the city got to be behind you. Mm-hmm. One thing that's gonna make a difference. Yeah, people, everybody, every quarterback that's played for the Eagles 
the city has been behind them. I'm, I'm just saying modern time. We're not talking back 50, 60 when NFL was still yeah. growing, right? Because the following was still there, but wasn't you know wasn't there yet? I'm talking about. The we're not Ron talking. Jaworski. We're not talking Ron Jaworski days. We're talking more modern than that. Well, no, Ron Jaworski. They love some jobs there, man. That's what I'm it's, saying. That's what I'm saying. Kind of beginning at that point. Yeah, yeah. They love some jobs there, man. Don't, don't let the Philly fans when you say that they love jobs because <laughs> he got him to their first Super Bowl. Tough mm -hmm. loss, but he did get him to their first one. But uh, but yeah, jaws. Randall Cunningham, McNabb, like a lot of great quarterbacks. They even love Michael Vick when he got there. Oh, they love Vick. Nick, Nick Foles. Yeah, Nick Foles. They love him too. Carson Wentz, who? <laughs> they don't even care. Nah, about they don't like to talk about that one. They don't like Carson Wentz, bro. <laughs> Not at all. But uh, mm -hmm. but like I said, if the if the Philly fans get behind you, dog, they oh, love. That sky's the limit. Yeah, most definitely. I feel like I feel like that's a a underlining factor in like whether they'll pay you what you're really worth oh yeah and love you like like if it's not like something that, it's not something tangible that you can really like put your hands on but it's like but back you of your mind like damn like they really love this guy let's keep him on the team man keep fans interested mm -hmm. man we can keep him there like just one of those marketing tools man that keep mm -hmm. the fan base interested so i think uh their owner has a really good feel for the uh the fans and what they want and i think them locking down Jalen was definitely important man because they put together a great season man they were really rolling even when they mm -hmm. lost their first game last year i was like it wasn't even nobody was even worried about it. it's like you know what like don't like, even sweat it like all right now you don't have to worry about going undefeated now you can just focus mm -hmm. on playing good ball and they really didn't miss a beat for the rest of the year going to the playoffs doing their thing man going all the way to the super bowl so i like their offense i like their defense i like what i like everything they doing man i think losing miles sanders is a big loss but i do think that um i do think that you can just plug and play and that type of offense, man. You can put any running back back there and succeed. They got a good one in exchange, dude. They they brought in Swift, and if he could stay healthy, he'll definitely be a really good fit for them. And and sure. he's a hometown kid too, because he's exactly. from Philly. It, it, it fit, he fits the mold. He fits the offense, and he fits the narrative of what they go for. And and he's a different option than Miles Sanders is. Miles Sanders. Well, he's a more, he's probably one of the best catching tailbacks in the league. Yeah, he's don't get me wrong. Miles very Sanders underrated. Is a good one. Miles Sanders is yeah. good, good running back. But Swift is very underrated. Yeah, Swift is like um when he's healthy. Yeah, like he's just nice, nice. He's like he's he gives them an element I don't think they had last year in the running game. Somebody that can mm -hmm. just be a quick twitch kind of guy and mm -hmm. make moves and everything. So I, I agree. I, I think he's gonna be good. So um, like I said, I'll just I'll take the the next team on the list in the standings last year was uh the Cowboys, a, a playoff team, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, but um uh so many questions, man. Like like my question, like I said, I was gonna get into in another episode is uh what else, Dak? What else? What what else? What else do you need? What else do you need, man? I've given you Zeke, I've given you Amari Cooper, I've given you great defenses, I've given you all kind of stuff, man. Uh, I'm giving you everything you need to move forward 
uh, to win a championship, man. We've had defense too. We've, I, I didn't even get the defense yet. I've given That's you a great defense. I've given you countless pro bowlers, countless everything. And, and um, what else, man? What we, you are the missing link to what we need. Like everything else comes from you. Mm-hmm. Else. So what else do you need? How, how can we help you succeed? What is it? What else? Is it mentally? Is it, it's physically we've taken away the run so you don't hurt yourself anymore. So now it's all about you and, and your your throwing ability. So what what else do you need? And that's the key to them winning how Dak plays. I think I think that's it. Uh I think he he's that's the key to them winning and winning however many games they do. I just don't think they have enough to compete with the Eagles consistently. So mm-hmm. they're basically fighting for second place in this division this year. And mm-hmm. it's going to be – they're going to be second, third, or fourth. And it's all going to depend on whether Zach plays well. So uh, True. so that's all I got on the Cowboys. Like, I mean, they, they got a great defense, and that's, like, really, really good. Like, they're, like, at least top ten defense in the league, arguably. They got really good players, especially on the defensive line. They got some animals down there. Uh, mm-hmm. but it's all about Dak, man. That's the biggest question of, of the year coming in. Like, give you give you this money that I personally don't think he deserved. I don't, I don't, I don't think he deserved top five quarterback money, just because it's just not there in the big games. Like, I, you can do four thousand passing yards because that's easy to do nowadays. Like, but where's the wins? Where's the playoff wins? Like. Mm-hmm. I, just don't, I, don't, I don't get it, but but yeah, that's it, man. I can't really do that. We're talking about the Cowboys, man. You, you got anything to add on the Cowboys, bro? Yeah, so I'm going to probably agree with you. I mean, obviously they cut Zeke. You're going to roll with Tom, Tony Pollard. Uh, they brought in Ronald Jones as a good second option, which I like Ronald Jones. I think I he's pretty too. good. Uh, Dallas's defense is bringing back a lot of good guys. They bring in Dante Fowler. I'm pretty sure that's going to help them get pressure on the quarterback, too. Uh Man, like Dallas is a wild card to me because, like you said, it's going to come down to how he plays. I like Dak as a person. I think he's a good player. I don't think he's worth top five quarterback money. That's no knack on him. But, I mean, dude, you've got CD. You've got Michael Gallup. You lost Dalton Schultz. He went up the street to Houston now. You don't have him. I'm pretty sure they drafted a guy. But, man, and we're going to get into the Giants here right after this. But this is Mike McCarthy's make or break year. It, I can see him staying if they don't win the division. But if they make the playoffs and they don't win a playoff game, he's probably gone. Now, before this year or before Sean Pate went to Denver, I was a strong believer that, you know, he's on the hot seat. They're going to cut Mike McCarthy if they have a bad season. They're going to bring Sean in. That didn't happen. Uh, but I still think Mike McCarthy's on the hot seat. I'm sorry. You have a really, really good team. I know Dallas has got a knack for not winning playoff games, even going back to Tony Romo days. but. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to come down to Dak. You need him to make plays in crunch time, man. And when the fourth quarter, when you need a money drive and you need your quarterback to put it together, is Dak going to do that? And yeah. I think that that money they paid him, yeah. they're still banking off of his rookie season, how good he looked. But he I just I don't good. see it happening. I think the division's a lot tougher than what people are going to act like, and we're going to get into the other two teams here shortly. But, uh, yeah. I think Dallas is getting an awesome roster, better defense than offense. 
But if he can't put it together in the playoffs or in the fourth quarter, they're they're guaranteed maybe a playoff spot if they're lucky. If not, then they're not going any further than a wild card spot. I don't see them winning this division. Okay. Um. All right. So here's my thing, dog. Like, all right. If I'm looking at I'm looking at Dak Prescott, right? And one of the things that bothers me so much is that, like, in these big games, they get behind so much, and then yeah, they never come out hot. They always start out flat. Right. And then, like, all right, then we, we're these people like Skip Bayless, where they're like, oh man, Dak sucks, he's this and that, right? And then they make this raging comeback or come close to coming back. And then it's like, oh man, yeah, Dak is awesome, right? He's great. Yeah. And I'm looking at these people and I'm like, what what are y'all really looking at? Like y'all you shouldn't be at, in that situation to start with. Yeah, like are we looking at a guy that is good or a guy that is good at cleaning up his own messes? Yeah, that's a really good analogy. I like that. That that's that's that's, that's what I'm mm-hmm. that's what I'm worried about. You shouldn't I mean, get credit for cleaning up something if you're mostly responsible for being in that situation. Dallas is too good of a roster to be in that situation. Exactly, man. Dallas, this isn't the first time Dallas has had a great team. It's not the first time, man. Over the course of since their last championship in 95, they've had many great teams. Many. Like that 13 and 3 team when they had TO, that that team probably should have went all the way and they found a way to choke that one away. Yep. That's the so, prime example. So yeah, man, like that, like I said, man. But I think a future question should be like, when does Stephen Jones tell his dad, yo, it's time to get out the way? When when do you when do you tell Pops, yo, it's my time to do this GM thing? You can be the man at the top of the door. This is your but team. Let me make the decisions. But let me make the decisions, man. And I wish, I wish the Raiders would have done that a little bit sooner than with Al Davis. I wish uh, yeah. the son would have said, "Yo, it's time for me to take over football operations." You know what I'm saying? But I'm much rather Al Davis than Mark Davis. <laughs> man, I, I do too, baby. I love <laughs> just win, baby. Just win. That's what I'm, I'm saying. <laughs> I, love, I love, I love that man. I, I but I do agree with you. I think they're only going to go as far as Jerry lets them, and he's it's been a big driving force why they struggled. It, it, it's too much. He has too much say so and on the field things, which exactly. is why the fracture happened between him and Jimmy. And, Jerry, yeah. mm-hmm. so, and that's where it all started, right there. And, and when they had Jason Garrett as the guy. He was never able to really put his stamp on the team because he was only in that position because Jerry Jones allowed him to be that. And exactly. one thing, and one thing that I knew stuck a fork in Jason Garrett's tenure with the Cowboys was when Felix Jones was benched by Jason Garrett. Not going to play at all. And he was benched. And everybody knew that in the news media, but he showed up on kickoff return anyway. That's when I knew Jason Garrett didn't have no control over the team. And that sucks, man. And I knew that that 
that team was never going to win anything else because Jerry Jones is just too much control over. The same thing when they had Wade Phillips. Same thing. Yep. yep, and they had a good team with Wade. They had a good team with uh Bill Parcells. He was building yeah. that team up too. You just you can only go as far as Jerry's going to hold the leash. Yeah, and, and if they get out the way, they're not going to. Yeah. So yeah, I just I just think that that's the team. They they could finish second, third, or fourth, but it depends on Dak. And it depends on what Jerry Jones want to do, man. So those two things, man. But uh, moving on to the third team who actually made the playoffs is the Giants, man. Mm-hmm. Um, the Giants did some some great things last year. But my question to year to you was, what was last season to you? Was it a flash in the pan, or is it something sustainable? I think I like Brian Dable. I, I think too. he was a key. He's a key contributor to why Josh Allen is who he is. Because you got to think when Josh Allen was coming out of Wyoming, they're like, okay, well, this guy's got a lot of raw talent, but it, he he just can't seem to hone it. So when he went to Buffalo the first couple of years, it's like, eh, this guy's got a really strong arm, but like, what can he do? And he helped mold him and build him into this guy that he is nowadays. So I mean. I'm a firm believer in him, and honestly, before last season, I wasn't bought to Daniel Jones at all. I thought that was a horrible pick. I felt like they could have done a lot better with picking him. But I'll be honest with you, Nabal must have went in and really turned around overnight because, man, Saquon was healthy last year, and that offense clicked. For the first time in like three or four years, that offense worked. The defense played well. They played good football on both sides of the ball. I don't think it's a flash in the pan. I don't think the Giants are obviously on the same level as the Eagles or the Cowboys. But, man, like with the additions, I mean, you trade for Darren Waller. You bring back your good receivers. You bring in Jameson Crowder and Perry Campbell. The Giants are in an interesting spot, and I think they're definitely in contention for that number two spot. I think Brian Dable has got them on the right track. I think they're in the right direction. They're at an arise, I guess you'd say. They're going up. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a flash in the pan. I think he's establishing a culture, and I think it happened a lot quicker than what most people would have thought. I don't think a lot of people thought that he was going to be able to turn Daniel Jones around. But I'm going to be honest with you. If Saquon sits out the whole year, that's going to be interesting to see, okay, is the offense going to still roll as operational right now? Or are we going to take a step back and be like, okay, like we can still move the ball, but not to the same degree as if we had Saquon? Because Saquon's a key contributor on that offense. And if he's not there, we don't know if they're going to perform the same way. Yeah, yeah. So that that was uh, that was a part of my, my talking points uh, is uh, Saquon's contract situation, right? Like I know – uh, we both discussed running back by committee, man, and it's awesome, right? But when you're lucky enough to have a guy that can do all of the things that you need a running back to do, you need to lock him up, man. And I think what's hurting this situation is the availability. And I, like I said, I'm not in the know about this contract thing, but I would – Love to know what kind of dollar amount he's looking for, because if I'm if I'm Saquon, I'm being honest about what it is that's going on. 
Obviously, mm-hmm. you don't want to be lowballed. You want to make a good money. You want to make good money. I think he deserved to be top 10 running back in the league money-wise, right? Because of his talent alone. Now, if we're talking about I want to be the highest paid running back, mm-hmm. that's where I can't I can't agree with you when you're going into your injury history right there. Because you your injury history is too checkered for me to do that. I need to have I need as the GM and owner, I need to have some leverage in that particular conversation. So I can't give you everything you want, but I can make you the top 10 highest paid running back. And yeah. that's the and that's the guarantee. The question is, is that what he's gonna want to do? Because yeah. you can go somewhere else and be the guy and be paid like that. But how much how much time do you think you have on the football field with your injury history? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And in that position, your shelf life is very short because you're one hit away. Everybody is one hit away from not playing anymore. And mm-hmm. now we're looking stupid giving you all this money. You know what I'm saying? Sort of like how Zeke is or was. We get all this money. They don't want to buy. They don't want to pay all that money, and then something happened that declined. Exactly, and your play is declining. That that's not a good look. You know what I'm saying? Like we give you this money, and instantly your play just goes down. So those that's Mm -hmm. one of my things for for the Giants. You know what I'm saying? Is that that has to be done before anything happens in the season, because Saquon is such a good player, such a great talent. That you can't just you can't look at it and and just say oh well we don't need him because no that's not not it's not the same guy no 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 this ain't this ain't a guy you can bring in and say oh well I'm gonna get three of him no no once you need that's the offense rolls when him and Jones play he took so much off of freaking Daniel Jones. It helped him open up and be a better player. When you have a tailback like that, it opens your offense up. If you don't have that, there's nobody else on that team or sitting in free agency, besides maybe a Dalvin Cook, that could help you like that. Because if you don't have that, your offense is going to be one-dimensional, and I don't know if you're going to have the same success. And I don't know if you're going to turn around and win nine games again this year. You not, know, Not without Saquon, you're not. That's what I'm saying. You're gonna drop a couple of games. They won that game in London because of Saquon, because Saquon was in a wildcat a few times, Mm -hmm. like literally. And then Saquon had like 70 yards receiving or something like that. But he was doing everything at the running back position, including being a wildcat quarterback. So, Mm -hmm. which is crazy because he just came off an ACL injury or something like that. So he showed out, and he still bought out, right? So that's my thing. You're gonna have to look at. Yeah, you're going to have to look at Saquon as, you know, what it is. He's a great player, and you need him. But the question is, does he know how much he really needs the team? Because he's going to have to decide what dollar amount he really wants to really be a part of something great. Because I think – I don't know. I don't know if they can eclipse the Eagles, but I do know – that they're fighting for second or third. I don't think they're going to be last or whatever. No. Um, and then, uh, like I said, speaking of the last uh, 
the last point on the uh, Giants is we don't really we talk about Daniel Jones and his growth last season, and then we talk about um, we talk about Saquon and his issues, and we talk about uh, the receivers or whatever. Which I think um, Kadarius Tony, uh, him getting off the team. I thought was a major lift. Oh, that was the biggest L for them. And now he goes to a team where he can just thrive. No, 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 no. That's not my point. That's not my point. My point, not not the point that he left and then they whatever, right? No, no. Yeah. My point is he was a cancer in the locker room because he wanted to play. Yeah. And and I thought him getting out of the way kind of allowed him to kind of grow a little bit because it's like. That cancer in the locker room, somebody all upset all the time, can just bring down a team, man. Yeah, I'll position, agree with you on that. Or a position group, man. So, uh, obviously, I think they got uh, Kenny Galladay. He wasn't playing either. They, yeah, they cut him. Yeah, right? So, so yeah, exactly. He wasn't really playing. He wasn't playing to that money. Right. Once you get rid of a guy like that, that's not only bringing down the locker room morale, but not even contributing on the field, I think that helps a lot of people grow. But one one part of the field that we're not talking about is their defense, man. They have some really good young de- defenders on their team that I really like. I want to see grow. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, I think he's going to be – He's um, a freaking freak, bro. A dude. He's the next great uh, defensive lineman from uh, the Giants. Or they've, had a, they've had a lot of them. Um, and I think he's the next great one. And I love uh, Xavier McKinney. I love him. Uh, he was great at Bama, uh, not just a homer, but I think he he was so awesome for their defense last year. I love what Wink, uh, Martindale is doing there. Uh, he's obviously my defensive uh, coordinator from uh, Baltimore a couple years ago, and he had our defenses playing wonderfully. I loved him for that. Um, I hated how he went there, but he was trying to boss up, man. He wants a head coaching job. So the best way to do that is to go somewhere else and win. And he's doing that with uh, with their defense. So I'm looking forward to seeing how much, how many steps they take forward uh, between last year and this year um, to see how they grow. Because I think them trading for Leonard Williams in that middle was huge. Dude, Leonard Williams is very underrated. Huge. Think about that. Like I thought him and Quentin Williams in in New uh, the Jets, I thought that would have been a great duo. But him mm-hmm. and Thibodeau on that in that lineman, oh man, that's gonna be sick. That's years to come. Yeah, exactly. So um, like I said, I know Wink runs a three-four. So uh, all you need is another guy. Uh, Leonard Williams can handle that middle, and Thibodeau yeah, two guys on the You just need one more dude. One more animal in there. So uh, I think they'll be good, man. I think they're definitely fighting for second or third. I don't think they'll finish last. But the team that um, finished last in that division was the Commanders, man. Sorry if I slip up and say Redskins. No offense. Uh, I mean, I think we both can personally say we probably rather that name anyway. Yeah, I, I just – I don't know. It's just hard to say sorry. But, uh, <laughs> but the Commanders uh, finished last, and it wasn't by much. Uh, but you can't have four teams in the conference or in the division getting the playoffs. But mm-hmm. but if they if they could, that would have been the year. 
because uh, they definitely had a better season than the Buccaneers did. <laughs> so, um, but my question for you is, uh, is Sam Howell the answer? I, I really like Sam Howell. I do. Just like how I liked when Heineke was there, I think he's going to get a good first start with Atlanta. But if we're just talking about Howell, I think he's got a lot of the intangibles that you, you need in a quarterback. I mean, he was really good at North. He's coming from Mac Brown, North Carolina. And Mac Brown, those had to push out some really good quarterbacks. Obviously, they've got Drake May now. But uh, I think Howell has a lot to prove. I think Ron Rivera is a good coach, but I just – he's got good weapons. He's got Brian Robinson as his tailback. He's got Scary Terry, one of the best receivers in the game. But, man – and he's got Curtis Samuel, too. But, uh, man, Washington's in a tough spot. Because they don't know who they are, and you don't know whether they're about to go into a rebuild or not. They're still shopping Chase Young right now. There's still rumors that they're going to trade him before the season starts. I mean, I think any team led by Ron Rivera is going to be a good team, even if it doesn't always show in the stats or show in the record. I think Washington's still going to – they've got a really good defensive front. Their defense is still really good. Uh, I think Sam Howell's going to have a good year. But is it going to get overshadowed by how many wins they get? Like if they – let's just say they pull out six or seven wins. They won eight last year. If they pull out six or seven, are they going to say, okay, we're going to invest in you. We're going to try to keep putting people around you. Or is Washington going to be like, we're going to try to pack a couple of these guys in for some draft picks, and we're going to try to move into the top ten or top five maybe and try to take one of those QB prospects because they've got at least three or four guys that you know could go in the first round next year. Uh, I think he'll have a good year. I think he's got good weapons. Uh, hopefully the offensive line performs well for him. I think he's got a lot of good intangibles. Like I've seen a lot of guys rank all 32 QBs, and they've had him in dead last. And I, I don't think that that's very fair or very realistic. I think Sam Howell showed – he had limited playing time, but I think he's shown that, you know, he can play. Uh, I think he's a good quarterback. Do I think that he's the answer? Possibly. But I think it's just how the rest of the team plays around him. I think he can get it done. Obviously, I'm sorry. Even if things go their way, D.C. is going to finish in fourth. I think the big discussion is whether second place is going to be Dallas or the Giants. But that fourth place spot is – that fourth place spot could be a second or third place spot in some of these other divisions we've talked about. Yeah. I think the commander is going to finish fourth, but I don't think it's going to be solely on Sam Howell and his play. All right, so that's my uh, that that was actually one of my talking points. I really have that many for the Commanders because I kind of knew what kind of team they're gonna have, but I know they had a couple questions at quarterback. Uh, obviously, last episode or when we were talking about our closing arguments, I thought uh, I thought that Heineke was still there, but no, he's in Atlanta. So, um, but that was one of my talking points. How uh, how is Sam Howell gonna play? But the question is defense, man. I think for the last – for Ron Rivera's time in uh, Washington, their defense has been top 15 uh, for that time. So do they continue to to be solid? Because that's one of the best parts of their defense. They just – their team, they just need to score more. And that was the the problem last year with Wentz and uh, Heineke. You can't figure out which one you want to go with. But um, having them shop Chase Young is not a good thing. 
Uh, I know they didn't pick up uh, his fifth option for the fifth year, uh, but uh, I do think that I do think that he's in a prove it year, and I think he's going to prove them to be uh, to be right. He's a big part of their defense, and to have him back uh, full strength, I think, will be awesome. Uh, I expect them to mm -hmm. uh, have some growing pains coming back from a knee injury like that. But I do expect him to be at least effective, you know, at least out there making plays. So, and uh, one thing that people aren't really paying attention to is that this is a team under new management. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know. They got a new offensive coordinator too. New offensive coordinator, yeah. But I'm talking about the top. Dan yeah, Dan Snyder's, Snyder's gone. Yeah, Dan Snyder's gone, which has been an era of of we'll say bad investments we'll say that bad investments in terms of big contract players that haven't amounted to anything uh adam marcheletto comes to mind albert hainsworth uh, albert hainsworth comes to mind uh some just some really bad investments when it comes to players and uh and everything now i get it you want to spend money and, and it's great i know it is it's awesome but you have to um you have to i don't like I definitely don't like how he was bullied into changing the name. I don't think, I don't think uh, it was meant to be disrespectful. I don't think it was meant to do anything like that, especially when we're looking at teams like um, the Blackhawks and hockey, or we're looking at the Cleveland Indians and, and baseball. Like I just think the name was just a name on for a team, and I feel like. It wasn't that wasn't the biggest thing. So the the fact that the team is under new management, a new ownership group, I think is going to bring in a new set of fans, and it's going to bring in a new focus on winning. Because I feel mm -hmm. like they kind of got stagnant after those Super Bowls they had in the eighties and nineties, and they really haven't had teams that were really going to win anything. Like they've had playoff teams. But that's mm -hmm. literally kind of felt like their goal for their franchise is just get, get to the playoffs. Yeah, let's just try to stay then, relevant. Yeah, let's just try to stay relevant. And that's not the Redskins. I, 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 well, I grew up with the Redskins we know now that stay relevant. But that's not the way my, my grandpa grew up with the Redskins um, when they was winning Super Bowls and stuff. So uh, like I said, I think they need to go back to that. I know one thing they did back in the day was run the ball. And I think Ron Rivera is mm -hmm. going to get back to that. I love Brian Robinson there uh, coming back after being shot. Uh, he did his thing, man. Did his, he did real good last year. So I know they got a good guy in the backfield. So, so yeah, like I said, I think they finished fourth. But I think and, and if, I re, if all things come together, the best they'll finish is probably third because I just don't think – I don't think you can – Put them over the Eagles at any point. The Eagles would have to completely collapse. And yeah. I don't think you can put them over. I don't think you can put them over the Giants either. So I think that would have to, it would have to be fighting for third with the Cowboys. Because yeah. I think though that's the team that has the biggest question mark in that whole division is the Commanders and the Cowboys. 
Because even with Saquon Barkley's contract situation, I think they'll work that out. I don't think it's that. I don't think they're that far apart. I don't think it's a Le'Veon Bell situation. Yeah, I don't think. I think he just wants to know his worth and see what he what he can make. I don't think it's that that big a deal. But I think if push came to shove, I think he'll stay, and he'll he'll definitely stay for a good chunk of change. But um, but as far as uh, the Commanders and the Cowboys. They have the biggest questions, and their question is that quarterback. Like, that's it. So I think those two would definitely be fighting for the third and fourth. But tough division, and the loser of this division is probably not going to be in the top 10 of the draft, that's for sure. They're going to be top 15, which in terms of getting a good player, I don't know. I don't think that's going to – you're going to get an impact player that, that low in the first round. You might get a project player, but somebody that's gonna that you're gonna bank on to win. I don't think you're gonna do that. But never know. Like I said, scouting is scouting, man. But uh, but definitely got the Eagles won. I think the Giants finished second, and the Cowboys are third, and Commanders are fourth. That's kind of how I'm rocking this year. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's exactly what I've got. I'm more sold on what New York's got going on. And like I think we already agreed, it all depends if Saquon plays. If Saquon plays, I think they're going to pick up right where they left off. And the fact that they got a Pro Bowl tight end, yeah, it's going to help the offense even more. Man, dude, the defense is good. They bring about back, how good Waller is, man. They're bringing back their receivers, and then they're adding good depth at receiver. And you get the Pro Bowl tight end, like I think it's really going to help. Yeah, I just think I want him to just continue his his uh, sobriety journey. Stay, stay sober, stay ready, stay ready, and just continue to ball out. I think he is one of the – he's probably top five in tight ends in the league right now. Oh, yeah. I I I would agree. I think, obviously, you got Travis Kelsey. You obviously got George Kittle. You obviously got Mark Andrews. Uh, and that, that fourth and fifth spot, you got to put my boy, you got to put Waller up there. He's at least in the top four. And then you throw in somebody else like Hawkinson from um, the Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, right? You throw him in there. Throw the other different guys in there. Uh, Kyle Pitts, you can throw him in there. But, I mean, yeah. as far as definitive dudes that can affect yeah. the Walt game. Waller's definitely in the same conversation. He just hasn't been in the league as long as, like, a Kelsey or a George Kittle or something. But. Yeah, so I think, like I said, I, I do believe, I do believe he's gonna be awesome for them. I expect him to have a thousand yards next year, a pretty damn oh, yeah. close. It's just another shiny toy for them to play with. And I think yeah, it'll definitely help yeah. their offense. Definitely, he gonna eat up some. He gonna eat up some stuff, man. Like I said, that that Eagles, that Eagles Giants game is definitely one to watch this year. Both of them. Uh, I think he'll torch the Cowboys. I think so too. I don't know if they have. I really think like they have good corners, but I definitely think the Eagles will cover him a hell of a lot better than the Cowboys. I could definitely see him going for a buck fifty for sure. I do too. I do too. I think, like I said, I just think, uh, I just think if that if if Dak doesn't play very well, that whole team is going to crumble. The the morale of the team is going to roll with how he plays. If he plays like crap, the morale is going to be crap. But if he yeah, balls out, they've already been been chirping about like, well, shit, the defense playing good, 
So what about the quarterback? You know what I'm saying? Just a little bitty things. It's like, gonna come to a head. It's gonna come to a head this season. What they're gonna do with Dallas if he doesn't perform up the snub snub, that's definitely gonna be a conversation we're gonna have. But at the same time, Jerry Jones is still there. So we don't know what yeah. is to come. With this yeah, situation. unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. So I don't know what what to do. But like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they suck if they start sucking if Makai Parsons um starts to talk oh. because he's been one of the most outspoken players, like maybe not really pointing a finger at Dak, but definitely no, letting but... Them, letting them know like, yo, we out here, hey, we're not here to lose. defense. We done kept you in some games and you done threw us away. So you got to fix this stuff or like we just going to start turning against you. And you don't want that, man. That could really put the team in a bad place. And Jerry, yeah, and then everybody's going to, everybody's going to want out. Yeah. And you don't want that because then, exactly. then you're probably going to lose everybody. Yep. And once you lose the team as a head coach from within, like that's over, you're done. You can't even, you can't even get the team back. They're gonna be. They're gonna tone you out because you can't make any decisions without Jerry Jones. That's exactly what happened with Jason Garrett. The team toned him out because he couldn't make no decisions without Jerry Jones. So they went past him to go to Jerry Jones because they knew he couldn't really do anything. So, like I said, and that's crazy to say, but uh, that's just how it goes there, I guess. Oh, uh, that's how it rolls in Dallas, man. Yeah, that's only one way and only one way out. So, like I said, we closed down this this segment, man. Very good segment. Some very good points, man. The NFC East is going to be really good this year again. Uh, then we move into uh, our favorite segment, our top five segment that we're trying to finish every show with. Uh, great conversation. Great list. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about the NFC East best defensive players of all time. Man, we have some great. You said defensive backs, correct? No, no, no. I was just going defense, defenders. Oh, I shit. Just, well, I I'll be DBs. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> I thought we was It'll going be defenders. I thought we was going defenders, man. That's all right. It's okay. Man. That's it's all right, okay. man. That's all right. That's, it, that's cool because now I got a list, and now you going to have a list. It might look completely different. Yeah, so, uh, I got you. That's kind of cool anyway. So, right, right. So, best defenders in uh, NFC East history. Uh, I'm going to go – I'll start since I had the list already now. I'll start. So, uh, honorable mentions, uh, I'm going to say Eric Allen from uh, Philadelphia. Uh, I think he had like 50 interceptions for his career. Uh, mm-hmm. He was definitely one of the best corners on the 90s Eagles. Uh, definitely great team. Um, great team. Uh, great team. I think they should have won a Super Bowl. Their defense was that good. Um but like I said, things happen. But hey, um, he was definitely on my list. Uh, I will mention number two is also with the Eagles. Uh, Jerome Brown. Sadly, he passed away before he could really harness the monster that he was. But before he passed, he was definitely on the way up. And um, his teammate on the other side of that line with him is high on my list as well. But I think Jerome Brown, if he would have been able to live to see his full potential, he would have been one of the best defensive tackles probably to ever play. Uh, but sad, sad story, but uh, definitely one of the best players. But um, 
since we're going with guys that that had short careers, number five on my list is Sean Taylor. I feel mm-hmm. like uh, I wanted to put some other established guys, but I think people don't understand the sheer star power that Sean Taylor was about to embark on. Like he was top three in defensive player of the year that last year before he died. Um, and I believe he was going to really be the best safety to ever play the game. I He's in that same play- conversation with Ed Reed and Palomalu. Yeah, he plays equal time. And and, and 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 in some cases, he was better than both of them. Like mm-hmm. you could make an argument about him being better at that particular time mm-hmm. than both of them. I wouldn't be mad if you put Ed Reed up there, and I'm a Ravens fan. I wouldn't be mad if you put um Palomalu up there, and I'm I hate the Steeler. But Sean Taylor was just as good at everything that they did maybe even better. And I think mm-hmm. if he would have been had a chance to live just a little longer, I think he would have been able to take over. Uh, that mantle has been the league's best safety. He was definitely on his way. Um, but number four, I can't, uh, I can't make a list without a Cowboy, man. Um, Bob Lilly, man. Uh, Bob Lilly for the Cowboys back in like, I think the seventies was a beast. Like he, he clowned back then like he was almost unguardable him and two tall jones all them dudes hollywood henderson they was out there playing defense they was out there beating people up on defense and it was fun to watch those highlights because they really played defense back then man and they were just balling man and him in the center of that uh defense was uh very important man i don't think they win a lot of games without him being the leader he was and he was a great locker room guy, and I can't go wrong with that at all, man. He's a good dude, man. So definitely Cowboys legend Bob Lilly. Uh, number three on my list is Michael Strahan, bro. Uh, how you have a list without the sack leader? Um, he just con- consistency. People don't really talk about how good he was, uh, how consistent he was for so long. I think he almost never had a year under ten sacks. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's a sack leader. However you feel like he got it, Brett Favre gave it to him or whatever. He still got it. Don't matter. And he did his thing. And he finished off his career with a Super Bowl, man. Uh, obviously went to one against my Ravens uh, when he was with the uh, Giants. But mm-hmm. he finished his career with one, a part of one of the greatest upsets in NFL history. So, mm-hmm. uh, But he was the main component of that team and kept them believing that they could make a run. And he did. Great TV personality now. Great off the field, like, but on the field, straight monster. Uh, number two on my list is Lawrence Taylor, LT. Uh, talk about one of the premier pass rushers in the entire NFL history. I'm talking about no matter who you talk about. I even love to put Bruce Smith in there. But mm-hmm. pass rushing started with LT. LT means left tackle. Because without him, your left tackle is not important. He terrorized people's left tackle. I'm telling you, he terrorized people's left tackle, right tackle, whatever. But left tackle was important because of LT. If you ain't have one, your quarterback is toast. Yep. Toast. Black is me. Toast. (laughs) (laughs) Done. LT, number two on my list. 
And number one um, is Reggie White, man. I, I feel like he was definitely he was one, next of best, one of the best defenders ever, man. I think if he could have just came into the league without going to the USFL for a little bit, I think uh, I think he would have came in balling, man. I love his game. He was a good man, uh, a God-fearing man. But on Sundays, he was all devil. He was out here taking souls, man. But he was a uh, man. He was a great defender, man. Those Eagles teams of the '90s, and then he went left with the Packers and still was kind of one of their important pieces of uh, winning that Super Bowl against the Patriots uh, in '96, I believe. So, uh, so yeah, he was a uh, very important and very important on defense, man. I think you want a dominant defensive lineman. Uh, look at Reggie White's film, man. He was powerful, man. Like he was so powerful. Uh, but he really was a force to be reckoned with uh, for at least 15 years. And um, he did his thing, man. So mm-hmm. that's my top five list, man. Uh, Sean Taylor, Bob Lilly, Michael Strahan, Lawrence Taylor, and uh, Reggie White. That's my list. So obviously we had a miscommunication. So you're going to get two top five lists today. Uh, you picked defenders. I must have just misheard the message, but I've got defensive backs, which I think is really another really good place to go. Yeah, I'm interested to see it, man, and hear it because because uh, defensive back was would probably be tough too because there's a whole lot of defensive backs in the NFC East that was good. Mm-hmm. So, honorable uh, mention, I've got Sean Taylor. I just think he just needed a little bit more, but obviously an innovator of the safety position. Heavy hitter, great in coverage, great ball skill. I mean, there's not, there's so many things that you could say about him. He was just awesome, ahead of his time. If he did get to play his entire career, he's probably on top of Ed Reed and Troy Polamalu. That's a very good conversation to be in. Right. One of the greatest safeties ever, if you're in that conversation, for sure. Right, but fact, the fact that you that that you pass away and you're still, still in that conversation, still like at the time you pass away, you were top three. And it was arguably mm-hmm. that you were better than both of them. So that that's still love Sean Taylor here. But oh good, that's fair. That's fair. My top five, I think. Damn, I'm out of left out two teams. There's just so many good DBs. But uh at number five, I got Champ Bailey when he was at okay. Washington. Yeah. Most people, myself included. Love Champ Bailey, but most people, myself included, don't even remember him with the Redskins because he was just a perennial pro bowler with the Broncos. I mean, one of the best defensive backs of the 2000s, hands down, great cover corner, great ball skills. I love Champ Bailey, but being five years, he had damn near almost 20 interceptions in five years. He was great, but he was still obviously working on some of the kinks. And when he went to the Broncos, he just went to another level. So, yeah, I've got Champ Bailey as top five. Uh but like my 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 only thing was for Champ Bailey was how about how he got to the Broncos though the mm-hmm. trade for Clinton Portis like there are rare trades that are for player for player and mm-hmm. that was one of them Clinton Portis and was so Clinton good Clinton Portis is a beast in his own right yeah yeah Clinton Portis was nice but if I was them I wouldn't have traded for Clinton Portis because Champ mm-hmm. Bailey was just that good. And the only I didn't put Champ Bailey on my list was because a lot of these guys affected their team winning between mm-hmm. wins and losses. 
And Chad mm-hmm. Bailey, as good as he was, didn't really affect the game in terms of wins and losses mm-hmm. because no matter how good he played, the defense still gave up points. And the mm-hmm. offense still didn't do no scoring. But mm-hmm. he was damn good. He was damn good, though. So uh, at number four, I've got Asante Samuel with the Eagles. Although he was only there four years, finished with 23 picks. Dude, he was an automatic plug-and-play in there with all those guys, man. Like, I loved him. Oh, man, yeah, love a lot him. of people remember A lot of people remember him with the Patriots, and he was on some of those Patriots teams too. But, man, in four years, the man made an impact on that defense. With, oh, yeah. And they got another guy from that team on this list. But – Man, he was just a great cover corner. He's always around the ball, knows how to break it up. Man, knows how to cover. Man, he's a lockdown. Probably doesn't get enough talk, but, man, Asante Samuel is my top four. Most definitely. I agree with that. I've, uh, at number three, I've got Ken Houston from Washington. Mm, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Spent yeah. eight years. Spent eight years in Washington. He got, like, 49 picks, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. okay. Had 49 that? picks. Yeah. But – at one point in the 71 season, had nine picks in one year. God just – dude, if you go look up his his solo tackles, his interceptions, his pass breakups, man, he's always around the ball. Really good key contributor in a time where I don't think people were really talking about Washington like that in the early 70s. But, man, he just – he spent a long time there. And, man, he was just consistently good for them year in and year out. Yeah, it's another no. safety. It's another safety that don't get no love. Uh, Paul Krause. Paul Krause got the most interceptions. He eighty-one picks. Yeah, like. But he just didn't spend as much time. He just didn't spend as much time with Washington. He really came out when he went with Minnesota. That's where he really started to shine. Oh, he's a he's a freaking beast, bro. Really good Hall of Fame safety. Yeah. Uh, at number two, I'm going with uh, Daryl Green. 20 years with Washington. Didn't play for anybody else. Guy finished his career with 72 interceptions. Man, stats don't lie. You don't even have to watch a highlight tape. This guy, loyal, stayed with the same team his entire career. Man, just a ball hawk. Great player, always around the ball. He, Yep, he did win those rings with Washington. Really good committed player. One of the key contributors to them winning Super Bowls when they did. I've got Daryl Green at number two. Right, cool, cool, cool. And uh, number one, he's probably one of my favorite players for growing up. I, I got Brian Dawkins at one. Oh man, what what he could do for that defense? He was the glue guy for that Eagles defense, even when they weren't talking about how good that defense was with him and Lito Shepard, with Asante Samuel, guys like that. Man, Brian Dawkins will just—he'll put a hat on you. Man. If you don't know who he is, he'll let you know who he is. If Man. he's not breaking the ball up, if he's not catching an interception, if you catching a ball in the secondary and you're in front of him, oh, you're going to know who it is. Yeah. Brian Dawkins, man, class act, great player. Like, there's just so much you could say about him as a player. Yeah. He kept that defense in line. Probably one of the greatest safeties that doesn't get talked about ever. Yeah. Even when he went to Denver, still was a good key contributor, man, for the Eagles. Like, he's – He's forever loved in Philly just for what he did for that city and what he did for that team, man. One of the greatest ever. I agree. I agree, man. I I, I like me some B-Doc, man. Uh, yeah, man, that's a good list, man. I ain't even going to lie, man. Some of them dudes I should have put on my list too. But uh, like I said, man, I love I love uh, the fact that you uh, you gave Champ Bailey some love, man, especially with that uh, with the NFC. 
uh, East because Champ Bailey don't get that love. He was damn good, man. What a player. Like, dude, I, I just wouldn't I just wouldn't have traded him to the Broncos, man, to get Clint Portis because they had other issues. With, I think Washington. they were just trying to get that offense going. Yeah, like yeah, I get it. But, I do. Yeah. I understand, but it's but just, I would have traded him, dude. He was so good. And imagine, yeah, if he but that's like the good. only player you could have traded Champ Bailey for at the time, like that made yeah. sense because the Clint Porges was coming. Oh, this is our closing argument segment, by the way. But the only, uh, but the only player that uh, you could trade uh, Clint Porges for was Champ Bailey, or vice versa, because, because they were both young, proven guys. Who, I mean, yeah, I guess they wanted to drop off. I guess they were like, "Look, I guess we'd rather lose or compete having a Pro Bowl running back compared to a corner." But man, imagine if those years he put in Denver, he could have put in with them. Oh man. Yeah, because Denver wasn't ir- Denver was irrelevant. Man, he could have really helped turn that defense around if he could have stayed longer. But you know what? But you know what? Even even looking past Champ Bailey and, and Clint Porter's trade, look how many running backs came behind him with a thousand yards, though. After he left. Like I said, you yeah, know. it's not to the same degree. Like yeah, I think he but, was just different. But I'm just looking. I'm just thinking about yeah. like just the fact like, that No like, Moreno, Melvin like, Gordon. Yeah, man. Uh, Mike Bell, uh, or mm-hmm. Mike Bell, Tatum Bell, one of them guys. Yep. And then Ruben Drones had a thousand, and then he ended up parlaying that into a big. Deal. Didn't Travis Henry play for Denver too at one point? Maybe what later. But but Travis Henry played for the Bills. I remember him with the Bills more so than yeah. than anything else. But he might have played with them later because a lot of players went to Denver later on in their career uh, to play. Mm-hmm. But most definitely, um, I agree, man. Great list, man. Uh, you know who? You know one Broncos player doesn't get talked about enough, but it was actually really good. Brandon Stokely. What? Okay. All right. So. Look, I break I break Brandon Stokely into three categories because he had a beginning where he was, you know, a really good player, good slot guy with the Ravens, right? People don't understand he was on the Ravens first. Mm-hmm. And then he had this insane peak with uh Indianapolis. And like he was the premier guy. I mean, I mean him. Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison, Harrison. like that was a crazy offense, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have this this back end of his career where he's still real good and and like he's still solid, you know what I'm saying? And then he with Denver. So like he had a career of just being a great receiver, man. Like Very underrated, dude. Nobody talks about him. And didn't go to a big school. He went to UL. He didn't go to a big premier D1 school. Yeah, so same thing with Jake Long. I mean, just balled out, man. And then uh, another uh, good slot receiver that don't get no love is uh, uh, Ricky Pro, man. Ricky yeah. Pro from uh, from uh, the Rams yeah. and uh, the Panthers. But no Pro. Okay, I'm thinking of a uh, who's that other white guy that played for the Jets. I forget his freaking name. It's some other guy. I don't know why I thought Pro L was there. I don't, somebody else. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro, yeah. Ricky Pro was nice, bro. Nice. Yeah, that was when they said Musa Muhammad and then Pro L was like the third guy. Yep. 
Yep, yep, yep. That's my that was my dog, man. He had a big catch in the NFC Championship game against uh that crazy uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that they were about to ascend into their Super Bowl form. And um, they were the only team to really stop the greatest show on turf. And they almost mm-hmm. did. They held us to 13 points. Sure. Fact, the only the only problem is they couldn't score more than nine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's good when your defense can hold an offense, was, but if your offense stinks, then. <laughs> they was winning that game nine to six going into the fourth quarter. And uh, Kurt Warner threw this crazy lob pass into the corner of the end zone. And there's Ricky Pro dragging him, feeding the end zone. Touchdown. That's the I feel like most people don't remember him being there. Most people will always associate him with Carolina. Yeah, man. Like I said, man, look, that, that was a good that was a good era, man, to be in, dog. The 90s in the NFL was fun, man. Like that's that was a good era to be in. You had some good teams, man. Obviously, the Cowboys kind of dominated things early on, but once... Man, got- 49ers were good in between that time, too, with Steve Young. Like, yeah. people don't talk about how good Steve Young was for the 49ers at that time, because man, everybody thought... People don't talk about oh, how good Steve Young was, was, period. Steve because Young. they thought they were going to have a drop-off because Montana left. I'm like, oh, we're screwed. And then Steve no. Young comes in, he's like, shit, watch me. I can throw a left-handed, but I can get it done. And I can tear this stuff up. Man, that, that was like some of their best teams offensively throughout their whole dynasty is the Steve Young years because, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Joe Montana. He's very clutch. But in terms well, man, of – Man, Young could scramble. Yeah, but in terms of excitement, like Steve Young was way more exciting, dude. Like he just was. He could extend plays. He didn't have to sit in the pocket and just – he was kind of like how – not the same, but you know how Aaron Rodgers – he rolls out and he'll stop on a dime and he'll just sling it like kind of like that, knowing how to extend plays and make the offense keep moving, even if it doesn't want to. Yeah, that's how John Elway was too early in his mm-hmm. career. John Elway was very athletic. So, uh, but yeah, John Elway was definitely like that too. Like they having those quarterbacks that can play like that, or it's definitely gonna help you win a lot more times than you lose because sometimes plays just mm-hmm. don't go. As planned, you know, <laughs> so you need to do something else. So I agree. Improvise. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. So definitely great, great list, great episode, great breakdown. Uh, obviously, this concludes our breakdown of the NFC. Uh, we've hit on all the, the conferences, uh, divisions out here, and we hit, we had some great discussions, man. So um, like I said, man, this has come to the end. A very special episode, uh, episode 10. We love making this content, man. This is awesome talking about sports. Just two guys that love it. Uh, so before we get up out of here, anything you gotta say, man? No, oh, I'm gonna say is just be patient. We're bringing uh, we're done with the NFC, so just make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Let us know what you like, let us know what you don't like. Be very open and transparent about it. But we're about to move into the loaded AFC. So much more to talk about than the NFC. Great quarterback play, great teams, a lot more storylines and diversity going on. So just just uh stay patient, just be along for the ride. Yeah, and uh like I said, we're gonna get into the AFC. I can't wait. Uh obviously I'm a Ravens fan. Brandon is uh with the Patriots. So we have a lot to talk about. Some great games between both of our teams. 
Uh, so we love want to get into this AFC. It's going to be very fun. And uh, like I said, like, subscribe, and keep following, man, because we're going to keep the content coming, man. But yes, sir. we're up out of here. I'll see you next time. Yes, sir. Thank you.